0: Our reading today comes from Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter three. Uh, for those of you that have read Ecclesiastes, I encourage you to reread it um, because it's great. Uh, it's a, essentially a lot of wisdom that Solomon wrote, um, and it's this particular time is they've made a song about it. Um, in fact, my middle schoolers have never heard it. You know that song, turn, turn, turn. But yeah, you'll you'll recognize it when we start reading it, but. So parents, make sure your kids know that song, too. So this is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 15, A Time for Everything. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to loose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it, so that people fear before him. That which is already has been done, that which is to be is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. This is the word of the Lord. So grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to put this down a little bit. Here we go. Cool. All right. So time is running out. I got to make some time. I got no time to kill, right? Americans are really busy people, and I think the, kind of the rest of the world mocks us a little bit about how busy we are. Uh, we're always running everywhere. We're always filling our time. We're always trying to press the limits of it. Uh, we deprive ourselves of sleep. We get you know we have a lot of caffeine. We're doing. Whatever we can to, uh, well, make time. But is that even possible? Can you make time? We all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours a day. That's it. You can't buy more of it. You can't get it back. You can't save it. Money is different. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. We're all the same which makes time super valuable and important. Now, if you just take your normal day, let's say you you know you eat and you sleep and you do the chores and whatever you need to do and you got to work, how much time do you really have left over at your disposable time? I don't know, two to four hours a day, maybe 20 to 40 hours a week. I don't know, it matters what age and stage you're at. When the kids are little, you have no time. Uh, when you're a little older like mine, then all of a sudden I have more time. And I end up wasting a lot of it. But we all have this valuable, valuable thing called time. And like I said, uh, my infinite scrolling habits, my uh, inability to stay focused, my easy distraction, especially in today's modern era, allows me to just blow time. <laughs> and, I feel, and I always feel guilty after I do it, right? I'm like, oh, I've just been doing that for 20 minutes. What a waste of time. Well, Solomon is talking about this in Ecclesiastes 3, this idea of the seasons. Ecclesiastes is really saying if you don't have God, this is all futile. It's a waste of time. That's kind of the point of Ecclesiastes. But with God, all of a sudden, this time has meaning, this time has purpose. And you recognize this time has been given to you by God. In uh, 3, 12 through 14, I perceive that there's nothing better for them to be joyful than to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. So we do those activities, and we're supposed to take pleasure in those activities because we recognize those are all gifts from God. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done it so the people fear before him. You and I can't do anything for God. He doesn't need us. (laughs) He can take care of himself. But like Luke said a couple weeks ago, what's he invite us to do as his people? Crack a couple eggs. Remember that? Like a little toddler helping their parent to make breakfast. He invites us into this thing called the kingdom into doing kingdom work. Well, this kingdom work takes time. The original text for today that I abandoned because Luke picked it, but no, it was actually a really good text. And it's when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats in the last day. And the people are like, hey, I didn't see you in prison. I didn't see you sick. I didn't, I, I didn't see, I didn't, it's like, I know, but when you did it for the least of me, you did it for me. least of them, you did it for me. And these are all the elect. These are the sheep. And they've already been declared righteous, and all Jesus is doing is essentially bragging on the good things that have been done through his sheep. The sheep are like, "I, I didn't do anything, because they didn't. Because all good works come from God. These are all for his glory. And all the time we spend doing things are for him and not for us. Now the goats on the other hand are like, oh we did all we didn't see that. He's like well here's the deal. You don't know me and I don't know you and you will be cast in the lake of fire. Now of course not a very fun text, right, to talk about but it's the truth. If you're in the kingdom you are doing kingdom work. God is working in and through you and he's given you all the time. But he's given the time to the people who don't know him right. Even the wicked have the same amount of time as you. The question is, where is it going and who's doing what through it? God's people are doing godly things. Because good godly things, only good things come from God. Our works are worthless, filthy rags. But God invites us to crack a few eggs, do some good work in his name, He gets the glory, and you're just living your life, not even recognizing when you're doing these things. It's just part of the rhythm of a Christian. At the very last two verses of Ecclesiastes, here's what Solomon says. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. This is alluding to that public judgment on the last day. When the good deeds will be, will be shown to the world, and they are God's good deeds that it will be shown. So what are we supposed to do with our life? It says right there, fear God and keep his commandments. That's what we're supposed to do. But how do we do that? How do we follow his commands? Maybe his command to endless scroll isn't, no, that's not in there. Um, I, that's not a good one. So what am I supposed to do with my time? I'm supposed to be a good steward of the time he has given me. Every day is a gift from God. He does not owe you another day. Every day is a gift from God. So my wife and I have been going through this book, Creating an Intimate Marriage. It's, just for, it's for anybody. Um, it's written by a church worker, so it hits home pretty quick, and it really resonates with me to say, I got my priorities messed up. Time's not really my issue. Priorities are really my issue. A lot of you people say, oh, you must be so busy. That hurts. That means I haven't set the right thing potentially in priority, and I want to put the priority of the person who's in front of me. This book has been helpful, and I knew these things. It just points it out. Obvious. Priority number one. God, duh. (laughs) That's priority number one. Spend some time with God. I did this thing years ago. Five minutes with God. Come on, five minutes. I can give God, I can give him five minutes a day, right? Has anybody ever tried to do that? It is insanely hard. It is so hard. And I struggle to do it even today. I'm like, okay, Dan, don't look at the computer. Just make the sign of the cross and go. And it's a struggle. And I think I know why. It's because five minutes a day with the Lord changes you. He changes you through prayer. He's conforming you more to his will and ways. He's communicating with you. You're realizing who you really are and what you're really supposed to do that day. And the evil one does not want you to spend five minutes with God. So there's the challenge. Five minutes with God. Come on. Can it be that hard? The answer is yes. It is very hard. And I would love to hear your stories. You can, you know, probably all my cell phone number or message me through the website of um, how is that going for you and if you have any tips uh, for success. So if I don't do it right in the way in the morning, it's, I have a hor- horrible time trying to get it back later in the day because there's always a million things in front of me that I should be doing. But if I could just do that one thing, God first, follow him, follow his lead follow his commands all right that's easy then it says number two what's my number two priority that would be my wife my wife is the highest priority human after God I should probably I don't know spend some time with her especially when she's not in here she's teaching children's church so I can talk about her a little bit more she probably won't watch the recording this anyway I hope (laughs) anyway but one of her love languages is time I mean that's in our like way up there and when I'm robbing her of time because I'm always doing something else especially work it is like I'm saying the worst thing possible to her face because that's her love language right so this book has been good it says you know what you should probably spend 15 minutes a day at least talking about something besides work or the kids or whatever find out communicate right spend some time Schedule a date once a week. I mean, these are not revolutionary things, right? Schedule time to pray with her, to talk with her about God, to let God as one flesh work on you as a couple. It is so hard to do. That sounds so easy, doesn't it? It is so simple. Spend five minutes with God. Spend 15 minutes with your wife talking and praying. There's 20 minutes a day that will literally change your life. And I don't do it. But the days I do do it, wow, those are better. I'm just like I don't it's like I don't care what's coming down the pipe. It's just better. Cuz I'm reorienting myself about who I am and I'm getting my priorities straight. And then the third thing would be kids. Kids come after your spouse, by the way, just in case you didn't know that, and they need to be reminded of that constantly. And my kids know that, right? Yeah, they know that. Um, And my daughter's getting married, and so she's going to be joined with Blake in one flesh. That will be her number one, right? That's the way it's supposed to go. Priorities. God, spouse, children, extended family those relationships and then the next thing is like all your other vocations you know like your job and your other relationships neighbor friend all those other things come after it but what is my problem I make the bottom go to the top I get my I get in front of my computer and instead of making the sign of the cross what do I do check my email and all of a sudden oh there's this panicky student that needs a help and then I, I got to do this and I'm checking tech- and it's gone. I just screwed my priorities up. How many times have I depraved my wife and children because I'm working at weird hours? I'm horrible at boundaries on my time. I'm working on it. This thing's been helpful about that. So you don't need this book to know the priorities of your life, Um, but it's been good for my wife and I to go through this. Get on the same page. Talk about those things. Hold each other accountable. These are good things so we don't waste so much time all right Luke's sermon about everything's God's right and I'm realizing it's not my time it's not my money it's not my job it's not my it's not they're not my kids either uh is that image up there next Logan oh good oh yeah so he's really on okay good all right uh Sandy Nelson is a preschool director. At her church, she's told me about this before, and I thought, this really ties in if we're going to be talking about stewardship of time. Whenever a child is born, they give the parents a jar like this. And every little rock or whatever it is uh, is like a week of life until they're 18. And you're supposed to take them out as you're going to make you... Well, appreciate the time, but to also realize it is a super short amount of time. And for those of us who have raised children, that went fast, didn't it? Like really fast. And if I had one of those jars for all three of my kids, I'd only have a few, like I'd have like uh, like six of them left in one. That went fast. When the little kids were coming up here, I was talking to them and saying, Hey, when you're playing, does time go really fast? They're like, yeah. I go, but what about when you're in school? They're like, yeah. It's the same amount of time, but there's definitely a different perception of that. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Raising kids is pretty fun sometimes. But sometimes time can go slow. But I just want to show you this image to make you just have a, a way of thinking about that little bit of time of having kids and being intentional with them, planning them, helping them develop, and helping them anticipate the next phase. Well, what about when time is going slow? When does time go slow? You're like, right now during your sermon. That's okay. Um, or when I'm when I'm, uh, you know, lecturing on statistics, I bet that's just a joy for my students. I bet that's just, there's that, oh man, I can't wait to do this for another half an hour, you know, like, no. Time seems to go slow when you're kind of miserable, right? How about when your kid was sick and screaming, house, it's like, this is the longest night ever. Yes, it is. It still was still the same amount of hours, but it was horrible because there's so much pain and suffering going on. I uh, recently used this next text uh, when Gene and Vicki Lictide. Gene was struggling, right? It was hard. And I, this was read at his funeral. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Like it said in Ecclesiastes, man's heart is set on eternity. Now, I tried to show the little kids when they came up today, like, I try to give them a picture of eternity. I can't even conceive eternity. So when little kids come up, I'm saying, Im- imagine playing and how fast that time goes, but now it's even better than play, and it goes on forever, and you never run out of time. That's heaven. They're like, whoa, that's pretty awesome. This time can go slow sometimes, especially when you're suffering, but it's a momentary affliction. And to help us recognize this, I got a little illustration. Blake's going to help me here. If you've seen this before, just bear with it, okay? If you haven't seen it before, well, hope, hope it helps. All right, so let, Blake and I are going to try to go over the top of all you. Pull it tight there, Blake. There we go. He's going to run this thing right down the middle. So you guys pick pick where you want the rope to go. It, a little bit there we go right between is that good all right now blake has that end okay he is going to go all the way out of the sanctuary down the hall what do you think blake's trying to what's this rope representing obviously what is it time and how long is eternity infinite it keeps going and going and going it's like that rope never ends right but this is your life. See that? I don't know if you can see that little red bar. That's your life. Sometimes parts of that life are really going fast. <laughs> Sometimes they're going really slow. But that's it. Everybody dies. You got a beginning, you got an end. Some people are like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm right here in my, you know, I'm, I'm way over halfway. So I'm like, I'm over here, I'm over halfway, and I've been working, working and saving really time. See, I'm a math teacher, so I know the power of time when it comes to compound interest, right? So I know time is money because it's the exponent, right? And then I'm going to have an awesome retirement for like a day. Like, how much of this is that going to be? And I'm worrying so much about this part. <laughs> That's just a short amount of time. But even this red, who who gave me all that red? God. It's His time, not mine. He's telling me, steward, this little thing. When I've given you little, right? You're a good steward of little, I will give you much. (laughs) She's Doug Warren with me. (laughs) Hey. So this is the give you much. Eternity with God. Wisdom, in my definition of wisdom, based on what Solomon's saying, what I've read over the years, wisdom is seeing the world from God's perspective. Now, I can't really do that, but this helps me a little bit. From God's perspective, he's got definitely the long view of things. And he's taking care of the long view of things. Our heavenly dwelling, right? The white. The resurrection. Heaven and earth. New bodies. 2 Corinthians 5, 1-10. For we know that our tent, that is our earthly home, is destroyed. We have a building from God. A house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed we putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that... While we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due, what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The last day, there will be a final judging in a public judging of who has been in the kingdom and who is not there's another good parable that Jesus had about the wheat and the tares or the weeds we are part of the kingdom we go out in the world we don't know who else many times is in the kingdom we're all mixed together that's the way this world is but in the end Only the elect will be with the Lord. We'll be separate. The mission of the church is to proclaim the gospel, the good news of salvation through Jesus. And has everybody heard of, like, uh, God's timing is perfect? And I'm like, that doesn't seem very perfect. That seemed like an awful time for that thing to happen. Vicki loses her husband. That didn't seem like a good time for that to happen. And we don't know the mind of God many times. But we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't see this eternal thing. It's, I mean, this is a rope trying to represent heaven, all right? But I'm trying to teach you and preach to you about this eternity that God has given you, this kingdom that is to come and has come and you are part of right now and forever. I like being home in my flesh right now, but when I'm with the Lord, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Murders and death and disease and tears and cars breaking down God, I hate those cars I have five of them Um, in my sinful flesh right it's gone I don't want to live forever like this I want to live in the new heavens and the new earth I want to live here forever and I want to try to be as wise as I can with this little bit I've been given because I want a perspective from here does that make sense I want a perspective of eternal even though I don't get what's going on here I trust God He is the one in control. God's timing is perfect because Romans 5, 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's what he did for us, at the right time, once and for all. Infinite God confines himself to finite time. God is outside of time. He puts himself into time. And he does the thing that none of us could do. He becomes a man. He is sinless. He lives that life. And I got a great sweatshirt for Christmas. (laughs) It said, uh, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. See, he used some of his time for a nap. So I'm like, I don't feel as bad about my naps anymore. But Jesus lived a human life. About 33-ish years, right? And he showed us a way. Hey, this is the way to live. Follow me. This is what I want you to do with your time. He spent so much time talking to his dad, praying, serving, loving, preaching, napping, admonishing, all those things, right? He's a good model. But he was God incarnate. And he took on flesh to live like that, like you and I. And he had this that he gave up for that time. But now he has gone to the cross to pay for the sins of the world. He did that work for you and for me. We couldn't do that. And he gives us this free gift of his righteousness and eternity with him to break the the gap that was severed with our sin, and then he rises from the grave, new body. He's the first fruits of the resurrection, and he's seated at the right hand of God right now in heaven, and he will return in glory on the last day. Not like Christmas way, little baby, on the clouds, in glory, with literally every angel, which I'm guessing is quite a few. And It's going to be an awesome day, but for you and I who are found to be in Christ, a day of rejoicing and Jesus bragging you yeah, up, that'll be a good day, which is why we would say, come Lord Jesus, especially in the midst of trials. God's timing is perfect, even when I don't think so. Remind yourself that this life is not about you. This red part is a gift from God. And if it ends tomorrow, so be it. But let every day be for God's glory. Luther said this. He said, If I knew the last day was tomorrow, you know what I'd do today? Plant a tree. Now to the world, that's like, why would you do such a stupid thing, plant a tree that's going to be wiped away the next day and brought in the new heavens and the new earth? Because everything you do in Christ, everything that you steward, the creation, everything you steward with your life, gives glory to God. It's not like Luther's good work, it's God's good work. Isn't that cool? This gives you purpose, this gives you value. The time you spend now does matter. Jesus is going to brag about it in the last day. It matters. This is cool. You're cracking those eggs. You're living in the kingdom right now. And we get to be stewards of this wonderful gift called time. It doesn't earn you anything, it doesn't give you better access to the Lord. It doesn't. But God invites us to crack some eggs with them, and it takes a little time. So whether it's Whatever your gifts are. There's so many gifted people in this congregation. The gift of your time is of of most importance, especially in this American culture. It's a lot easier to write a check, isn't it, than to actually spend some time with people. So I encourage you, manage your time well, get your priorities, God, spouse, kids, everything else. When you screw that up, it gets screwed up prioritize the way God wants you to prioritize your life and know that it has value and meaning and purpose because God has made you for this time. Amen? Will you stand and pray with me? And uh, I'll have somebody, maybe an elder, help uh, take care of this so I don't, we don't trip everybody. Okay, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to uh, gather and just hear your word and receive your sacrament. Thank you for breaking into time to save us through your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us a model and a direction of how we should spend this precious time that you give us and help us to be good stewards of it. Heavenly Father, uh, thwart the evil one who wants us to not spend time with you and to mess with our priorities. Help us to resist those temptations and to focus on you, your word, and all the vocations that you've put in front of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Have a wonderful week.